You want to find your tribe of raving fans. And that's just what we're here to help you do. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media, where we help entrepreneurs build better businesses by not only sharing insights and candid conversations, but by nurturing our minds as well. Get ready to explore, plan, and showcase your business, because here we go. Here's your host, Chief Strategist of 360 Media and Educator at TacticalProgram.com, Justin Lamb. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Digging Deep, where I help business owners build better businesses today. I am joined by a Swiss army knife of all things marketing and branding, Alicia Love Reed. I love the name. That name is just rolls off your tongue. It is Aww. a good PR piece, but uh, she is a Swiss army knife in all things branding, sales, marketing, and PR. So welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. So, you know, as, as it states in, in the bio, you know, you, you've done so many different things. You know, you're a wellness and beauty CEO, strategic advisor, uh, trend forecaster, you know, and the list goes on and on. So why don't we go backwards a little bit and we'll just say, where did this journey of becoming this amazing Swiss Army knife sort of begin? Oh, you're so kind. Well, I was never very... Um career oriented in that I wasn't ever very hyper-focused on going to school for a specific thing, graduating, and then achieving in that sense. I've always been much more mission oriented. And so I actually kind of surfed around a little bit after I graduated from high school. My dad is an ivory scholar. As a matter of fact, he's a professor of music and he's been the director of schools. And so I, I had a bit of a rebellion towards um, higher education. I don't any longer. So, um, but at the time, uh, I just, I, I, I wanted to be a student of life. And so I actually ended up in acting school and which doesn't sound like it would have led to business, but it really did because in acting school, we really dissected who we were at our core, we had to become masters of human behavior, actually, is my favorite and most successful in, in the acting field, as a professional actor told us, um, because we really needed to understand motivation and intention and how the audience thought so that we could become relatable as characters as we told a story. The whole purpose of telling a story was really to um, give, give and, I, and this is really all, all art, has this objective it's to give the listener the audience the viewer um, an opportunity to maybe experience something they might not ordinarily experience so that they can perhaps step into somebody else's shoes or see themselves and understand that they're not alone in their experience um, and then of course uh, the ripple effect that, that that might have in terms of self-understanding understanding others so that's what really intrigued me about, um, about acting. And I knew that acting wasn't really for me because uh, I was coming up against my ego. And um, at the same time, again, this idea of being much more mission oriented, message, message oriented than, than career oriented was really present for me. And so it actually gave me an, an opportunity to really examine myself. And 
who I was and how I wanted to show up in the world and what I wanted to do. And I realized that what I really wanted to do was help people. I really wanted to help people to love themselves, really. Um, so I had that realization and, you know, I, I was working in hospitality at the same time. Many actors, we call ourselves um, out-of-work actors or tent, we're, we're restaurateurs, right? We're waiters and that's not unfamiliar territory for people listening who are, who are in the acting profession. Um, but at the same time in hospitality, the, this sort of purpose kept coming up. I was there to help people experience a wonderful time, give them that experience of being served. They were the most important person in that equation in the moment. The, my, my table guests, they got to experience service. And in fact, that's what we call it. We call it service in the restaurant industry. You go to service, you're in service, you're at service, you're a server. That really appealed to me, but I didn't want to be a professional server either. But it was very clear to me at, that, at, that, at a certain point in time that what I was really doing was being at service. So I had that experience in the acting world and I was having this experience in hospitality, moved up through management, experienced some business there. So I was becoming self-taught in this sort of fusion of understanding human behavior, being at service and having it lead to sales. So, uh, so I was getting an education in, in real time, in the real world. And that's and normal life, though, right? Like, I think know, it is. When, we, when we're getting an education, I mean, most of what's our specialty is really about mm -hmm. us in our journey and how yeah. we're transforming and evolving through it. And it's in order for us to share that, we, I mean, we do have to really go through it. I mean, knowledge is only potential power. Execution is the true power of, of that. And so, you, of course, you've lived that. Now, you know, going into sales, you know, where did you then transform yourself and, and get into the PR space? Yeah. So life happened. I was in a relationship. We became pregnant. Um, and got married and I had the opportunity to work from home and uh, I'd always been very very interested in well actually ancient cosmetics there's a whole other side to that that we don't need to get into but I was very fascinated by the how the ancients viewed themselves in the world that level of consciousness that, that was there and then everything associated with it, particularly beauty. So when I was given the opportunity to start something from home, the first thing I thought of was, hmm, I could get into beauty somehow. It was one of my favorite things to do when I was a teenager was to go and buy a stack of magazines and a big bottle of water. And I'd sit on my bed and I'd read every single magazine from back to front. Don't ask me why, not front to back, back to front, but that's what I did. And so I had always been fascinated by beauty and the, and the business of beauty. So I was given a little bit of money and um, my husband at the time encouraged me to think about getting into distribution. He was an entrepreneur as well. And he was like, you know, if you really want to be successful in sales, you got to own as much of the landscape as you possibly can. Um, so I knew nothing about distribution. I didn't really know anything about sales B2B and certainly didn't know anything about public relations. 
but I decided to go for it. So I found a couple of what I would consider to be eco-luxurious brands at the time. So this was 2004 and the trend around green beauty was just sort of getting started. I'd always been an early adopter. So to me, the language and the concepts around it were very clear. So I felt like I could speak to them. Um, so I found a couple of brands that I thought were beautiful, that smelled great, that were effective, convinced them to let me buy their products and sell them in Canada. And of course, when you're a distributor, you kind of have to do everything. You own the landscape. You own, you're, you're basically the entity, the brand that you're buying into in your own region. So very quickly, I had to learn how to sell, how to create a sales letter, how to make a cold call how to distribute my marketing materials to, you know, magazines. I had to learn all the language, the retail language. I had to understand markups. I had to learn all the federal regulations. Like it was like a hardcore schooling experience for me to, to do it that way. But I am a fast learner. And uh, so, and I very quickly realized that I was once again in this position of interacting with people at a very deep level. I was the only way into having these very big conversations around, I'm going to get you to invest a lot of your money in my product so that you can make a lot of money really came down to who are you as a person? What is your objective in life and how can I help you do that? I was at service once again, and that became my sort of, that was like a revelation to me. I, I realized at that point that it, to achieve any kind of success, and we all determine success for ourselves, you know, we don't always think of success as the same right thing, but ultimately the, the way to achieve it is to is through love is to be completely who you are and to connect with yourself and with others in a really true way. So that's how, that's how I sort of made that leap from being an actress, working as, as, as a restaurateur into becoming, you know, what I later became, which was this conduit for brands into places like Vogue and Harper's Bazaar and Sephora and Nordstrom, all these places that we think of as like the golden ticket as a, beauty brand. Yeah, really just that's beauty. awesome. And and so, you know, I think a lot of businesses, you know, kind of want or aspire to to be these brands that grace the pages of various magazines that people consume. Uh, and, and PR is really a very sort of a, a, a tabooish space for a lot of uh, small entrepreneurs. They don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. Uh, they don't, they, they feel like it takes a lot of money. They don't know how to, to kind of approach it. Um, you know, but it is a very important part of, of the marketing spectrum. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, wish that they could be on like CTV news or even like, you know, USA Today, wherever, wherever you may be. What, what type of things did you have to learn in your journey that allowed you the ability to sort of get yourself onto, you know, these brands and, and uh, different spaces where, where PR sort of exists and feels out of reach for many. Yeah. Well, I think ultimately 
we're all human beings. Just because we have a certain amount of notoriety or a certain role um, with a with a certain company doesn't mean that we're any more elevated than anyone else. Really, in the in the end, we're all human. And so, my way uh, my way in was always to just reach out. First of all, I think most people most people think they can't reach out, so they don't. They just don't, and they just put that block up right away. And that's the end of it. But the worst thing that can happen is that someone just won't return your phone call or won't answer your email. And there's nothing to stop us from continuing to reach out until we finally reach someone. So that was that that's what I've always told my clients is that you just to, to begin with, you just have to reach out as human to human. Yeah. And and it's funny because you know, the way you say that. It, you know, it lies in the context of you know, these these feelings, these limitations, these um, you know, things that we have inside our own psychology, mm-hmm. and you know, those limiting beliefs are are really what hold us back. I mean, the data doesn't show that you know we when we get rejected the first time, then we'll get rejected every time. But our brain has this hard stop to That's it, true. right? It's a it's a it's a really negative. Uh, disbelief, you know, in, in our own selves. And, you know, because we fear, fear of being judged, fear of not being loved, you know, and, and we discussed just off the air about, you know, love being uh, sort of the antidote to that. I don't think we can ever get rid of fear, but we can, we can manage it and we can, we can work our way around it through love. Uh, and so, you know, when you're up against these no's, as you know, it sounds to me, that you use story, uh, you know, and that's partially probably because of your acting career, but you use story, you invite people into that conversation. Now, a lot of people who are listening to this um, probably heard or hears about inviting people into conversation, but I don't think a lot of people really understand what that means, you know, when we're talking about creating the fabric uh, that, that entices people into the story. You know, from your perspective, you know, what are some elements or what in what draws you what inspirations do you have that allow you to sort of create this this world for people to want to enter and be part of so i think to answer that question i'd have to i'd have to there's there are several sides to it so when as a brand there you always have a a universe that is in and of itself and the, in the creation of the brand, we have to understand not only what is the essence of you as a brand, but also who is who are you speaking to, who is your market, and oftentimes who we think our market is isn't. Sometimes they show up and they're very different than who we think they are. That's a whole other conversation on what to do when that happens. But um, but the market always has an archetype as well, and that archetype is that aspirational, inspirational person, really figure that. Um, sort of informs us how do we speak to the market how do we bring them in attract them and reflect them back at themselves so that's that aspirational inspirational piece right it's like oh I can be that person or I see myself in that person so so that requires a, a really deep dive into who who you are as a brand and and that's very separate from you know who created the brand that's another conversation but then as we're delivering this universe, 
um, or encouraging, inviting people in, it's also really important to know who you're speaking to. So I just mentioned the market. That's that's who you want to be buying your product. But then there there are there are those others, the editor, for example, at Vogue magazine. Understanding who that person is is different than understanding who the market is, and they may not be the market. In fact, their market may not be your market. In fact, Vogue might not be the best place for you to be. That's also another conversation. But it's so important to know who you're speaking to. And so my process was always to take the time to do my due diligence to find out who that person is. What do they work on? What do they personally like? Are they on Instagram? That's where social media can really become our, our best friend, especially now. We didn't have this when I first started. Of course, I'd have to go scouring the internet for anything I could. Um, but, you know, even, even finding out how your editor writes, and they, they often, everybody loves to talk about themselves, right? So, you know, you can learn a lot about someone before you ever meet them by finding out how they show up in the world. And so then tailoring your initial outreach to them, hey, Victoria, we don't know each other, but I've been following you for a while. I actually, this piece that you just wrote really resonated with me personally. I took your recommendation. I found out this, you know, whatever it is. And it can be very genuine. You know, you don't have to go, you don't have to reach too far to, to make some very genuine statements about somebody's work. That, that right there is always attention grabbing. Oh, really? You actually took the time to check out my work, which is what I spend all my time doing. Great. How can you help me? Then again, there's that element of service. It's like, okay, I know I've taken the time to figure out who you are. I have something that I think your readers are going to love. that You might really love. Let me help you stay relevant. Let me help you sell some magazines. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about the context of, of your audience. I mean, in your universe, we're layering all sorts of, of different things. And so I mean, the, even though we're talking about the target audience of your end consumer, you know, and each stage of which you're pitching is really so critical in understanding, you know, how they tick and, and understanding that different layer and nuance in the audience that you're trying to get in front of, get into their good book, so to speak. And you're right, like social media has played such a huge role in this last, I'm going to say like probably the last seven years or so. I mean, it's been around a good decade or so, but I, I really in the last seven years, what what social media really has given us is access and access to yes. people that generally has not been available, um, you know, and, and allows us to reach people that like, I mean, they'd had guard dogs at the door and people with batons ready to toss you out, um, you know, had you step foot near their, their office. But now like you can stalk them on social media and everything of course is, you know, sort of at your fingertips, if you're willing to sort of take the the plunge and, and, and try. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, who, those people who you're listening, if you're listening to this, you're, you're not going out to find the biggest influencer uh, or, or biggest person uh, in, in the lake that you're in, um, you know, because, chances are they might be way, way beyond, you know, where you are. So start small, start with the small influences, <laughs> get, get your feet wet. Don't, don't drive off the deep end and expect to float because not everybody floats sure. in the first time they jump in. Right. So it's good to get some practice in before you go at well, it. Well, and, and not to forget too, it's like the, the, the greater your follower base, 
probably the the greater your inbox, your direct message inbox. You think you're going through that every that that person is going through it every single day personally and looking. I mean, you're going to get buried to a certain degree. Absolutely. But I will say too that um, especially since the pandemic, uh, and by the way, I should preface the media landscape has really changed a lot in the last few years and especially in this last year. So, you know, magazines have folded, they've changed their formatting, W Magazine closed their beauty division and, and, you know, Jane Larkworthy, their beauty director is like, she's a legend in New York city, you know, to have that close was like mind blowing and very indicative of what's happening in the market. Um, but our editors are busier than ever because now they're pulling double duty. You know, they're, they're doing their, uh, their books, but they're also online and the timelines are very different. You know, your book timeline is two to three months in advance for the most part. Um, you know, your dot coms can follow that same timeline, but sometimes not. Sometimes they're working on something. They need something every single day. And so their inboxes are, you know, they're, they don't even answer their emails anymore. And so I, I just wanted to, to mention that, you know, for me, sometimes my conversations with my editors have become conversations on Instagram because they don't even look at their emails anymore. Right. So it's, it's too daunting. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I got 50,000 emails in my inbox and, you know, I don't know what to do. So it's really important as a business owner to know where your market is at every given moment. And that is target market, but that's also like your key players who are who are going to be there to support you, your editors. It's really important. So, and so, you know, as you we're trying, you know, as small businesses, we're trying to reach out to these companies, to, to, to the media, uh, you know, how, how can we stand out? How do we, what type of strategies can we implement uh, to successfully sort of pitch ourselves as a small business to the media so that they want to pick us up uh, for their 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 article, their their segment, you know, you know, what are some things that you know people can do to to really kind of get put up to the top of the heap and not get lost in the in the yeah. avalanche? This is like this is everybody's everybody wants to know how do I get noticed? It's authenticity is a word that I think has been a little bit overused but it will, it will never not apply. We are, I do believe we're all unique aspects of the same consciousness. We literally all want, are all one, but we are also each individual and how, how we show up in the world as individuals is what makes us special. And, you know, that, that applies to a brand story as well. So, finding out what's really unique about you. And, and it, I think it actually usually comes down to what are your core values and mission and what is it you, that you really want to do with your brand? And we're not talking about, you want to get into Sephora, you know, and, and reach the million dollar mark and become acquired by L'Oreal. There's always something more and it's always deeper. And once you know what that is, then you can find a, a way to really truly tell that side of the story. You know, so easy to make a brand these days. If you got money, you can make a brand. You can have great marketing, great photography, use the language that everybody else is using. But, you know, if we just look at beauty, beauty is saturated, saturated with indie brands. 
Okay, nobody needs another nail polish brand or shampoo or whatever it is. Even if that aspect of, you know, even if that market, that category is tiny and is ready to be saturated, it doesn't matter. But having that true heartfelt mission is really important. And we can't do it alone. I believe that we, we need to, we have strength in numbers. So seeking out those, you mentioned influencers, and I will say for the most part, influencers don't usually convert to dollars, but they can help you tell your story. They can help bring you validity and the way that social media works and everybody's scrambling to figure out how to make it on Instagram, how to make a viral video. Do I use reels? What do I do clubhouse? Social apps are there. They want us to be social. The way to get noticed on Instagram is to be social. Connect with people, do lives, ask questions, learn and share your learning. And the more we do it, actually, the algorithm rewards you by pushing you up the, you know, it makes your, your followers will see you. What they say, the statistic right now is something like only 5% of all of your followers will see your content. That's not very many, but if you're getting in there and you're, you're actually being social, having direct message conversations with people, reaching out to people, commenting on their posts, that's when the algorithm will work in your favor now. So authenticity, knowing what your true mission is, finding ways to tell that story authentically, meeting other people and connecting with them publicly through those public shared conversations and using the apps the way that they've been designed to use to be social. That, that's how I would answer that question. So it's, it takes a lot of energy, but it's worth it. It does. And, 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 you know, there's so many people who kind of view social as this non, non-useful tool in, in the sense that, you know, they use it as a push platform where it really is, is not a push platform. It is really sort of uh, a place where you are uh, interacting. I mean, the word social is so important. And I think, you know, I've mentioned it many times on this podcast, but, you know, especially with our coaching clients, it's, when we're doing this stuff that we're doing, it's not just about me, me, me. You're not pushing your story onto somebody, but you're you're inviting that person who's in you know your feed, who's looking at your stuff, as the hero on their journey, and that you're part of that journey for them. You know whether you're the guy showing them plan, you know whatever that might be, and you know it's it seems that people people take the tactic and then they mess it up and marketers are horrible for this. I mean, like marketing, you know, um, agencies and, and people, I mean, God, God bless all of our souls. You know, we, we have all the, all the greatest intentions, but you know, we, we ruin everything because, you know, we're out there, we're, we're doing all these tactics, but you know, for the clients, you know, the clients need to understand that part of that process is them needing to connect, them needing to take that time to interact with the right people creating their voice. I mean, a person who's in charge of the voice of the company doesn't necessarily have, you know, everything that, you know, you would do or, or be interested in or, or develop the right conversation. And if you really want some of that stuff, you, you really do have to roll up the sleeves and do some of that work. Uh, you can't just farm all all of it out. Uh, I, at least in my personal belief, I don't believe that you can farm it out to any one agency and say, lo and be done, you guys can do everything for me because ultimately there's got to be a disconnect unless you're really, really good 
at translating your brand and your personal uh, aura and 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 consciousness into the individual who's managing your feed. And yes, most so of the true. time, you don't pay them enough. They're, no. they're interns. And so they're not going to really put that much time and effort. I mean, they'll do it no, because it looks pretty. And they're, no, it's so true. It's everything. I mean, I love that you're sort of that we're dissecting this a little, a little bit because it's, it is such a mystery for so many people. And, and you're right. You can't just expect to have this sort of general basic content or even emulate the, the greats like L'Oreal or Shiseido or Nike or whatever. I mean, yes, emulate some of what they're doing because they've done the groundwork for you. They know what works for the consumer, you know, they're on trend, like, um, you know, there's some of the, some of the best marketers in the world, but but that element of you, that uniqueness of, of you has to be there. And I tell my, I used to tell my clients this all the time, you know, it's got the little bit of you, even just a little bit, you know, you can do your general brand and third party, but every once in a while, here's the founder story. Here's something that's important to the founder and everyone, I, 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 I say everyone confidently because I did not have one client who was like, yeah, okay, man, I'm totally going to put myself in there. No problem. And actually did it and had no ego about it or no, you know, none of their fears came up everyone. And, um, you know, I have a personal, personal story there because I've got my own platform now and I've created my own business and I had to become my own client and wow, it is hard. It is so, so hard. You know, all that stuff comes up where you're like, oh, but I didn't have enough likes or views or people don't like this content or what if this doesn't land? You know, all that stuff. It's it's actually a really amazing opportunity to, to dig into who you are and why you think the way that you do and, and, and reframe that. But we have to find a way when we're producing our own content, putting our own brand out there, our own business out there, we have to find a way to be able to look at it from somebody else's viewpoint. We have to look at it from the outside and try not to see it from the inside. And it can be difficult, but it can be done. Yeah, I think it's easy to say, you know, just produce your content, don't look back, just keep looking <laughs> forward. And, and everything is a, is a reiteration of itself. Uh, and in my case, it's, I mean, it's sort of the same. Uh, I, you know, I'll look far ahead and I'll just keep going. Uh, and, and I'll rely on our social teams and other people to give me the stats to tell me like, okay, well, maybe we should redirect it here. But ultimately, I can't be so bogged down about all that stuff that's happening and the stuff that I'm producing, because as long as I'm doing it with the right intention, and that's the intention of really propagating that to uh, business owners so that they're going to build better businesses, as long as I have that intention in mind, uh, I, I'm going to believe and I'd love to believe at least that the content and the people that I'm, you know, bringing onto the show is going to add value to that individual. Uh, but, you know, imposter syndrome is so real. Uh, when I first started this podcast, imposter syndrome was so real. Like my first guest was just ridiculously well-spoken. He was a keynote speaker at a conference. And I just happened to ask him uh, when he got off stage, if he'd be interested in being the guest on my podcast and tell him I didn't have it. Single one done. He was going to be the first one. It was like ridiculous. He was so well-spoken, um, but it exists. Right. And, and, you know, yeah. what we just talked about this whole conversation is, you know, we have to get over our demons and we have to give it a try and we can't stop, you know, we have to, to, to not uh, give up on that first try of sending and submitting to one magazine. You know, you, you can try over again, you can improve the pitch. You can look at yourself and see where we're falling short. Where is the authenticity falling short? Um, you know, 
and and everybody's busy like everybody's time is busy so yeah yeah if you're, if you're listening to this guys like you know alicia is really sharing with us it's it's you know tried and true is you still got to keep banging on the door you still got to keep putting in front of the individual that you want to 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 be in front of like an editor or or producer or whatever it is to get on you know whatever platform it is but you know don't don't do it like the cheap guys on Vegas flipping a business card at you saying go see hot women. Um, you know you really have to take some time and effort, roll up the sleeves, get to know who you're dealing with. Because in today's environment, with so much noise in in the marketing space and mm-hmm. in DM and boxes, we're not you're not going to stand out. So you really have to take the time. You know, just like you said, and really curate a, a well tailored. Uh, thoughtful answer and being authentic to yourself uh, so that you can sort of rise above the clutter. Yeah. And I think flip it back on ourselves. You know, we forget about ourselves, how, how important we are in this whole equation because we make it all about someone else, right? Whether it's, Oh, somebody else is going to answer my email. Yay. Now I made it. Or, you know, I got into the store or whatever it is. It's like flip it back on you how would you want someone to approach you? What kind of language would you want them to use for you? Would, what, how do you? How do you enjoy interacting with someone? We, I think sometimes we forget to ask ourselves that question. We actually probably know more about how to be successful than we think we do because we're so busy thinking about what it's supposed to look like in, on the outside, right? Uh, absolutely. And so, you know, and cognizant of time, I really got to compress this, but I'm sure you and I can go for hours about just the level of consciousness that people have to go through in order to mm-hmm. really succeed in being authentic. But you know, you have uh, you have megahertz. Um, you know, can you tell me a little bit about what that is, and you know, what 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 is what what are you doing in this space? Yeah, I would love to. So. So megahertz, and again, this is maybe going to sound like there's no intersection between what I was doing before and what I'm doing now, but but as I mentioned before, I am mission oriented. I really want to help each one of us to experience the kind of life that we want to live because I believe that when we're happy, we can, that that's a key component to being the change we want to see in the world. Most of us have heard that beautiful quote by Mahatma Gandhi. Um, And so, you know, to me, true success feels good. It feels good. That's what we're, that's what we want. And our ultimate objective really is to feel good. It's not to feel bad, but feeling good is there's, it's a, it's a byproduct of a very specific thing that happens inside of our bodies. When we, when we have a thought, it creates a chemical, that chemical floods the body that becomes that feeling state. And science tells us that everything vibrates, right? So everything. And the vibrations of wellness of feeling good are very different than the vibrations of illness, right? We know that because one feels good and one doesn't feel good. Well, science also tells us that when we feel good, we tend to be kinder to ourselves and to others. So again, to me, the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of feeling good is a key component in being that change that we want to see in the world. And so when we can understand that and when we can liberate ourselves from really the trap that that we get ourselves into that keep us in these negative feeling states, then 
we can go out there and we can have the business that we want to have. We can achieve these goals that we think of as, you know, these are our milestones of success. We can have the relationships that we want to have. It really starts inside of ourselves and it really is all about feeling good. And so I created a platform called Mega Hertz, Mega being big and Hertz being um, a measurement of the speed of a vibration that's frequency. And I wanted to demystify the phrase good vibes. We hear it everywhere. It's super trendy, but good vibes are described by science as that very specific chemical state. And uh, I wanted to give people sort of an, an entryway that was accessible, was easy to understand, that allowed the visitor to go, oh, hey, okay, there's something a little bit more to just being happy. It's not a selfish thing. And there are ways that I can achieve it and things I can learn about myself here where I can actually become empowered to feel good whenever I want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, being being happy, it, there's a science to it. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of it is chemical and neurological in nature. Yes. Uh, but then, of course, then that's the other half of it, uh, which I'm sure that you must you must explore. And that's fulfillment. And fulfillment is more of an art. Um, you know, much less a science in, in itself. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, do you know when, you know, you're going to really sort of put some wheels to, to make it like what's, what's going on? Do you have podcasts? You know, what type of things are they going to find on that platform? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Uh, so it is in its infancy, but um, we have a roster of mentors now, uh, leading healers, educators in their fields of vibrational wellness. So uh, they're just starting to offer workshops. We're doing lots of lives on my Instagram. We just did a sound healing workshop this past weekend. It was actually pretty amazing. We learned how to use tuning forks to influence the magnetic field of the body, which is a very real thing, scientifically measurable. Um, we have a podcast. I keep saying we, it's because I'm very collaborative right now. So I don't feel like it's, I'm not, I don't feel just like a soloist, um, but I have a podcast that's just about to launch beginning with a series of conversations with Randy Weitenheimer, who's an energy healer, uh, Potawatomi, a member of the Potawatomi tribe. And he's got a sh couple shows on the Gaia network and he's incredibly, well, I mean, his wisdom is just out of this world, literally. Uh, so yeah, some very excited things happening, exciting things happening, podcast workshops, lots of stuff. So people can come in and visit the site. We have a little digital meditation garden. If you can't get out into nature, you can come and meditate in our garden with us. You can read about mentors, different techniques and tools to help you achieve a really, as I like to call it, vibrational wellness, a really vibrationally well state. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, now, you know, generally to end up each podcast, I always ask my uh, guests to share a book or a resource that has impacted your life or career so you can share with our audience so that they can improve their reading library and, you know, increase their you. capacity. So I know we talked about a bunch of books in, in, um, uh, in, in the uh, preamble before we started recording the show, but you know, what book did you end up selecting to share with our audience today? It's so tough for me because I read, I'm such a, I read so much and, um, you know, I'm a little heavy on the philosophy and the, the spiritual stuff, but there is a book that I have really enjoyed that kind of, there's, there's so much crossover there. And that is the book called The Go-Giver 
by Bob Berg. And it is, uh, it's a very quick, easy read, but it speaks to what I have been speaking about in this call, which is that the, the true essence and the most successful element of building a business is being at service to others, you know, and um, yeah, it's, I, I give it to everyone. I'll send you a copy. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, guys, if you were listening all the way to the end, thank you so much for your time. Uh, remember, if you wanted to connect with Alicia, check her out at megahertz.com. I'll list that in the description below because most people don't have the time to uh, write that down where they're driving back and forth from a different place. But Alicia, thank you so much for joining me here today. I hope you had a good time. I had a great time. <laughs> I went by way too fast. I feel like there's lots that we could have talked about. Yeah. So as, as always, everybody, if you liked Alicia, if you liked our talk, you want to learn more about a particular aspect of what we were just discussing and you want to dig deeper into a particular avenue and category or topic, please feel free to reach out to me at uh, Tactical Program on Instagram, DM me, send me an email uh, and let us know. Let us know that uh, you enjoyed watching. Let us you know, tag us on Instagram so that uh, we we know that you're you're paying attention and uh, that you're you're getting value out of the stuff that we're talking about. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us here today, and everybody, we'll see you next week. See you next week, not me, maybe. We want to thank you for listening to the Digging Deep podcast with 360 Media. Your time is valuable, and we're deeply humbled that you are spending this time with us. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on Instagram at 360photo and at Tactical Titans. You can also email us. We want to make this channel great, something you enjoy and find tons of value in. Send us your insights to info at 360photo.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us reach more listeners. As always, tune in next week as we dig deeper into business and marketing.